everyone and welcome to the cast episode number 87. Uh, today I'm joined by the usual crew, um, Stephen aka Ninja Catfish. Hi and stuff. And Daniel aka Flame Condor. What up Doug? <laughs> <laughs> we'll jump straight into the news. We don't have much to talk about today but we do have a huge, two huge games to talk about later on so I guess that's a good thing. Um, to start off we'll talk about the two new classifications have appeared on the Australian classification board. Uh, it's so much stuff seems to be revealed through our board and nowhere else, but um, I don't know why or if it's met, if it's a purposeful choice that they make or because I know you can like submit things anonymously, but I do. I'm getting off topic. Um, <laughs> basically, Nintendo Australia have classified a game called Steel Diver Subwars. Um, we don't know exactly what it is, but we do know previously that Nintendo have talked about going free to play with some of their franchises and. Steel Diver is the one that they, they narrowed out because, you know, it's probably the best choice, really, because, I mean, it doesn't have... I don't think there are many people in the world who are too attached to Steel Diver. I yeah. Mean, I think Flame might be, but I'm not sure. I've got it, but I've never played it. I mean, <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Well, not too one attached, launch game I've never played. I, I heard okay things about it, but well, okay to bad. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the perfect game. I mean, assuming they do it, you know... You can buy different subs, you can buy upgrades and stuff like that, so it feels like... If they do screw up anything with the free-to-play model, then no one really cares that much about Steel Diver, that they'll, you know, get in a tantrum about it, so yeah, yeah, it's a perfect one to experiment with. I think that they're aware of that, Yeah, (laughs) so I think that's maybe why they went the way that they did. I mean, I think the whole thing is, is... I mean, Steel Diver was just a whole experiment from the beginning, I think. It was an attempt in a new franchise, and it just sort of didn't pan out. Yeah. I mean, I, I waited till I could find a copy for like 10 bucks before I picked it up, and even then I haven't played it yet. I was going to say, we should take this moment to reflect that when Steel Diver came out, it was sixty nine ninety five. Yeah. Which which is crazy. I wonder if, like, you know, they could have maybe somehow... If they, if they had released it at like a cheaper price, maybe it would have done better. But or I bundled don't. it with the system. Like it seems like it should have been a tech demo with the system. But yeah, I mean, but for, for a game that's like three hours long or something. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think the coolest thing would be you know if they kind of do what they did with Mass Effect, where you know you have that kind of free to play system where you buy the upgrades and stuff, and then that money goes into funding you know expansion packs further down the line. Um, so if this does well enough, you know they could maybe add cool things like. I don't know, a giant squid boss battle or <laughs> something exciting. Can't wait to play Steel Diver Subwars with the giant squid confirmed on the bookcast. Yeah, well, um, I, I think that that would be cool if they did that. But, I mean, obviously I'll give it a try. It will be free when it comes out, you would assume. Um, and see how it goes, I guess. I mean, assuming that it's been classified, mm. so, you know, it might be pretty close. You'd think so. They wouldn't go classifying it if they hadn't, you know, weren't fairly certain that it's coming out. Weird idea. I mean, the whole, um, 
the big 3DS update's a few weeks away, so maybe once that comes out, that'll also allow free-to-play games. Oh, yeah, yeah. that'll be like a, like maybe a pack that's in not for such the update. A, yeah, something. that's not such a silly idea. Maybe it'll like yeah. allow for purchases in-game without having to like leave the game and go to the eShop and stuff. We can have mm. Miiverse communities for, for Steel Diver. We can compare, all draw our favourite subs. all your giant squid strategies with friends. <laughs> are, are there actually giant squids in it? No, I just... Because oh. if there were, I'd have cool. to play it then. Huh? Um, we should start a petition for giant squids in Steel Diver. Yes. Uh, Steel should. Diver in Smash Brothers, I think. It's going to be Steel Diver <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, we don't know when it's coming out, but it's coming. So, and, you know, they talked about... Ooh. They've been talking about, you know, Steel Diver since June in terms of um, free-to-play. Uh, functionality, so I would assume it's been in the works for quite some time, so watch this space, I guess. On top of that, there was also um, another classification spotted on the ACB website, which we don't have any idea what it could be, but it's just called NES Remix, um, for, and we're assuming... No, we're not assuming anything. So <laughs> we don't know which platform it's going to be on. Um, I've, I don't know why, I've got a feeling I'm. it's going to be 3DS, whatever it is. We don't know anything at all. Like, they, they had no one... Just the name. Yeah, Nintendo's never talked about it before. They haven't even hinted at it. What would you guys think of... What would you guys like to see it to be? I would like to see sort of... Like, you know, that there's a lot of NES games that Nintendo probably couldn't remake or do, like Ice Climbers or um, Wrecking Crew or just, just stuff like that. And I wouldn't mind seeing sort of like a Pac-Man Championship version of those. Wrecking Crew Championship Edition. Yeah, well, yeah, but but you know what I mean, like you know all the neon lights and the the neo retro look and just sort of those those styles. What it what it immediately makes me think is you know all the I think he's nine volt or eight volt in the WarioWare games how he has all those weird you know they're basically NES games for like four seconds each. I'm mm. getting that kind of vibe, like a whole bunch of NES games thrown into one. Yeah, I guess one game and. I don't know, made more modern and stuff. Well, I yeah. was much more boring, but maybe I'm... Um, actually, now that I think about it, I'm probably wrong. I thought it was just going to be, you know, a 3D... Like, you know, there's 3D remakes but of NES games, but they already call them 3D classics, so I suppose that wouldn't be... Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, just, I just think just sort of like that 3D versions, but in the Championship Edition sort of Neo style... I do like that idea. I uh, think that would be really mm. cool. And if they do it I mean, properly... I, I, I would be happy if they just did that for original Mario Brothers because I'd love to have that with online competitive play. I love that game. That would be... Yeah, I mean, if they could do, like... It'd be like, you know, New Super Mario Bros, but NES. That would, yeah. Like, that would Imagine be kind of original cool. Mario Bros in, like, four-player online. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they would, but well, that would be... A lot, of those, a lot of those old early NES ones were multiplayer, like Mario Brothers, Ice mm. Climbers... Um, I mean, to just, I think Wrecking Crew may have, but a lot of the old first party ones were, I mean, they were basically arcade games that were ported yeah. to the home console, so they did have that co op mentality in mind. Oh, yeah, but um, once again, we can only wait and see, um, you know, what to see what it is, but um, it was classified in October, so. Maybe we'll get a new direct soonish. Fairly about, recent. Like, last... yeah, I feel like there's just so many things piling up that they've been rumoured and stuff that need to be announced well, at some point. But... The last direct only really was about Miiverse for 3DS, and there was nothing really new announced. So, I mean, oh, sorry, sorry, the most recent one was about it was about an art museum. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. I didn't even know that happened. <laughs> <but> anyway. 
So moving on to more local news, um, Nintendo Australia have announced that they're doing that the Super Mario 3D Land welcome promotion um, is now underway. Basically what that means is if you own a 3DS or a 3DS XL um, and you purchase a certain game, if I'm, you get a free copy of Super Mario 3D Land, which is digital, I assume? Yes, yeah. Yeah. So it's a pretty big, like, I think it's a big range of games, you know, like um, Mario and Luigi... Animal Crossing, the new Zelda, even you know, all the way down to um, you know, something as Steel old Diver. as Monster Hunter Three or Luigi's Mansion or Mario Kart Seven. Yeah, Mario Kart Seven too. Wow. <laughs> so pretty good deal. Um, <laughs> even Bravely Default, and that's not out yet. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, and even if you get the collector's edition, which is mm. which is quite nice of them. Um, but I mean, are you guys gonna do this? If you, but can? we can't. Oh, we can't. Yeah, if you've already registered your 3DS before this anna- this whole thing was announced, then you can't redeem the free They're game. They're usually pretty good about that. They usually mm. say, oh, if you've registered before, that's fine. Just this one time. Oh, yeah, um, but man, no. I want, now, now I want to deregister my 3DS. <laughs> just re-register Just, just buy a 2DS. And throw it in the bin, and then... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then I'm paying $150 for a code for 2DS Mario, isn't that bad. <laughs> yeah. Not that I've ever played one. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a nice promo. I mean, I, I feel like the, the 3DS really doesn't need any more promotion. Like, I, I, it sells so easy without these kinds mm. of things, but I guess it's nice. It's a nice I think bonus. it's another another way they're trying to encourage people to use the eShop. They seem to be pretty consistently, it's like, hey, you can get this free thing, but you just have to go on the eShop when you have your system. And yeah, I guess they're just hoping well, that that catches on with people. And I think that a lot of retailers, like sneaky retailers, will start advertising, you know... 3DS with two free games. Yeah, but one of well, them. Well, is with this. um, yeah, because you know how they a lot of the 3DS games come like the pack, you know, like bundles. Do they just come with a download code or the game pre-installed? Fire Emblem had the game pre-installed, and I'm oh, pretty really? sure. I'm pretty sure it did. I haven't bought one of those consoles. Like, I, I always go to, and then I'm like, no, James, you already own one, so I just yeah. don't. Um, yeah. like, I think the best thing about this is that someone can go and buy that uh, special edition uh, Zelda 3DS. It comes with Zelda, and so therefore is already uh, eligible to get another free game from this promotion. Except the Zelda 3DS is sold out. Yeah, if you were lucky enough to get one. Yeah, I mean, it's a cool deal. It's a cool deal, and, um, you know... I guess it's a cool, It's as I said, like kind of sweetens the deal for Christmas. Not that, you know, there's any real competition for the 3DS in terms of portable games, but mm. um, no offence to people. Vita's not that bad. tear away, but I don't know. It just feels like they don't really need the promo. I think they should tear away more on Wii U. But um, yeah, I guess it's nice of them. And it's nice Free that games. the deal made it here too. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so moving on. Um, recently, uh, Atlas put up a countdown on their website, and for anyone who knows Atlas, they are the guys who do Persona, Shin Megami Tensei, and something else that escapes my brain right now. Um, Etrian Odyssey. Oh, yeah, um, Odyssey. Trauma Odyssey. Team, the, the Trauma Games. Catherine as well. Man, I want a new Trauma Game. Why did you bring that up? I know! I'm angry again. I know! <laughs> trauma Team was so good! I Wii know. U Trauma Team oh, with the touch so screen. so good on, a, um, on the Wii U as well, but... I know! Anyway, um, <laughs> trauma Team's like my top five Wii games. So the countdown finished and they Atlas announced, I believe, is it three games or was it just two? I think it was four. Oh, oh okay, yeah, I there think. was like Persona 5, Persona Dancing Edition... The 3DS one and something else. Oh, and an update to the fighting game. 
Oh, oh yeah, okay. there's another it's like ultimate suplex hold. Okay, one. it's so, got such yeah, a weird. So name. Please tell me that's the name because that would be amazing. It's something I think like it is. that. It's pretty close. <laughs> so Atlas basically announced all these games for um for everything, literally almost. Um, and one of them was Persona Q for Nintendo 3DS, which is interestingly the first time the Persona series has appeared on the 3DS. I was gonna say when the 3DS was announced at E3 um a few years back. It was actually that there was a Persona game announced for it, but they never sort of clarified huh, okay. what it was. But yeah, essentially this game it looks to be very, very much in the style of Etrian Odyssey with the dungeon crawling, but from what I gather the the battles are a bit different. It's not like a basic first person fighting from what you were saying. Yeah, fr- from the trailer I watched, it's seems to switch a lot you see your characters doing attacks and stuff and it's a lot more cinematic than i mean etronauts he's very old school and it's like mm-hmm. you know you don't you just sort of see the basic effects of your hit but you don't see your character doing the attack like a final fantasy or whatever and this seems to like have you know the more cinematic looking battles mm. and that's kind of a big thing in persona everything's big and pretty and flashy and that might be a reason for me to pick this up because yeah. I've I've tried Etrian Odyssey games and just not really gotten into them. They're a bit too old school for me, but I feel like this yeah. might make things a little bit more accessible. And also I love Persona 4 and this game has characters from Persona 3 and 4. So, yeah. You sort of need to get in the right mindset for an Etrian Odyssey game. You just sort of really got to commit yourself to it. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't been confirmed for anywhere outside of Japan. It's pretty, you know, it's Persona. It's going to sell wherever you bring it out i would expect but yeah I mean, i'm looking forward at, to it at, yeah atlas is very good with localizing their stuff to america at the very least mm. um, if only i had a us 3ds yeah, well, <laughs> yeah yeah um and i mean yeah all, all like the art styles all chibi mm. all the characters have all been yeah. super I deformed mean, it looks cool it, it's due out in japan next june it's, it looks to be coming Random out shit. in in japan on the 5th of june next year so yeah. Who knows when it's going to come out anywhere but Japan, but... Well, yeah. Etrian Odyssey 4 came out really quickly in the okay. US. They, they, they did charge a premium for it, but um, I'm thinking maybe, I don't know, maybe next, Christmas next year. I oh, know the, the release list for 3DS is sort of... Because we don't know a lot of what's coming out for it next year. I am hoping that the, the very fact that it's a Persona game, pretty much the most popular part of the Shin Megami Tensei series from what I can gather, yeah. so I'm hoping that that means it'll come come out fairly quickly. Because, I mean, if Etrian Odyssey can come out fast, then surely Persona can. Mm. It just comes down to how much like, translating has to go into it. Yeah, that's true. It's also a money issue, isn't it? I mean, I know that they don't have a huge amount of money, and those games take a lot of money to translate and publish. Mm. Yeah, but, but, I mean, Atlas USA is pretty good. I mean, they, what, they, they do... They only print... Because I think they know how many fans they have. So mm. they only print enough for, for basically them, which is why their games get high in demand pretty quickly. Mm. Um, the good side now is that, you know, we're in a digital era, so they can have, well, we're going to do sort of a limited retail release, but if you want the game, it's digital as well. Mm. Um, so, and also I mean, the fact that Atlas has recently been bought out by Sega, so maybe that'll help their financial well, I don't know. Sega's probably... <laughs> Sega's a lot worse <laughs> when it comes to localizing stuff. But Atlas USA knows that their fans are sort of their bread and butter and they take very good care of their fans. That's good to hear. So yeah, looking forward to finding out about that one. Moving on, in the recent Iwata Asks, the team basically spoke about the game itself and they discussed that, you know, the game itself is a big range of, you know, three over 100 people throwing in different ideas and stuff. I think playing the game, which we'll get into it later, but I think playing the game, it's quite 
evident that there's a lot of ideas that have just been thrown in, but the, I don't mm. say that in a bad way. Like, I think it works really well. Yeah, um, they've experimented with so many things that you just don't see in stuff like New Super Mario Brothers, where it's very rote. Yeah, and it's very, um, what's the word? I don't know how to expl- say what the word is, but, but um, <laughs> it's, um, it's like, it's not really evidence that of how much has been has been like shaken up until you play it because I remember mm, definitely we were all pretty I mean I don't know about Daniel but I know I was I was pretty like underwhelmed by the reveal like I was like oh, oh I think everyone yeah, was yeah because I mean my stream was stuttering so I'm like what are they because I thought it was all going to be about Wii U games and then I'm like why are they showing a 3DS game <laughs> oh that's a Wii U game okay and I mean, also the original trailer focused a lot on multiplayer, and then, uh, but it wasn't till I think one of the more recent trailers, everyone went like, "Oh my god, this looks amazing!" Yeah. Um, but they basically in the in the what it asks, they basically said, you know, that the Cat Mario suit was not was designed from like a function perspective first, and then they decided to make it a cat afterwards, which was interesting, I guess. Um, I wonder if that's how they do all their power ups, but. I'm not it's a very sure. different power-up than they've sort of done in a Mario game before, because it's more sort of combat folk, like you've sort of got a melee attack mm. now, almost, and... Yeah, I, mean, I kind actually... of agree, but I think it, um, I mean, I'll talk about it later, but I yeah. think it changes up the way it thinks the game is designed as well. I um, think one of the coolest things in this, Iwata asks, is that the double Mario power-up came from, like, a, a mistake in development when they accidentally put an extra Mario, and they're like, hey, this is actually kind of cool, let's make that a thing. I really like when that sort of stuff happens when, yeah, it's just like this kind of screw up really. And they're like, wait, this is actually a really cool mechanic. Let's, you know, flesh this out and make it a proper thing. Kind of reminds yeah. me of, um, like the most obvious one to me is with Mortal Kombat when they had a, um, jury, like they put the game out and then there was an error where it, one of the characters changed colors. So then everyone thought that was a new character that was hidden mm. in the game. And then he actually became his own character later on, which was quite cool. Um, well, it's like, um, was it combos in Street Fighter? They weren't originally meant to be there. It was just mm. some people sort of... People just managed to link out. things and then, together. And yeah, now and it's... then that, yeah, the main part of most fighting games. So. Mm. Yeah. It's basically what made Killer Instinct a thing. Yeah, that's pretty much, that's so true. But um, yeah, so I mean, I guess it's, I mean, I, we do recommend that you grab it. I think all of us really enjoy it, but I mean, we'll talk, we'll be talking about that later on in the episode. So we'll move on to the next news story. Um, the last news story, which isn't, I mean, I suppose someone could see this as a bad thing since we usually end on bad things, but, um, (laughs) we'll see what you guys think. Um, Lego The Hobbit is coming to every single platform under the sun next year. Um, I don't know when, when's it, do you guys know when the new movie's out? It's in December, so pretty soon, from what I, so it'll be like, kind of late. I suppose there'll be more movies out after this, so... Maybe not, but yeah, gonna um, say I've got another another film to come, so it may might release to coincide with that, or to you know between the second and third. Yeah, no, it'll be it'll be between because it's second quarter of twenty fourteen. I can't oh. imagine they'll get another Hobbit movie out between December and then. This um, is very true. Yeah, but I mean, Lego games. Like I just finished Lego Marvel as well. Um, it's just. They're good, but I just feel like, you know, you can't play all of them. Like It's kind of like you've played one, you've played them all. Yeah, and, like, your enjoyment, really, with these games, I feel, is based on how much you enjoy the franchise they're based on. Um, I know my favouritest one ever... Is favouritest a word? I'm not sure. It is now. It is, yeah. 
um, is Harry Potter. So, um, and I suppose yeah. when I think about it, like, they're all of the, you know, it's probably the the best franchise of the ones that they've made. Like, I don't really care about Indiana Jones or Pirates or Lord of the Rings or what else? Is that it? Bat- I find my, my, I mean, I sort of just try and play one a year because if you play them too often, it's a bit overboard. Yeah, it is. and Just because they usually are the same thing. Like, I really want to play Lego Marvel because I'm like, oh, it's, it's Mar- I love Marvel comics. But I'm like, but I re- you know, I played Lego City Undercover earlier this year, which was an amazing game. And I don't sort of want to go overboard in Lego yeah, no, I understand. It's annoying as well because, you know, I can't be like, no, we're not reviewing them. But we, like, yeah. like they're not bad games, but if you play all of them too quickly, they just they just get really boring. But I yeah. do give them credit. Like, you know, they've tried to change things up a bit. Like, Lego Batman 2 and Lego Marvel, they both give you that free roam option with the side quests and stuff, and they're all voice-acted now, so it feels a like little Lego bit Lego City Undercover is this huge original game, and... Yeah, well, Lego City, I don't really class... Well, I suppose it is a Lego game, but... But not in the bit, same vein as all the other ones. It's kind of different. It's... Like, it's got... I feel like it's got a little bit more effort put into it, but... Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's cool that they keep getting these properties and stuff, but I do think that maybe they should... St- I really would like them to stop focusing on sequels. So, like, this is kind of a sequel to Lord of the Rings and go for new stuff if they're going to do more of these games. I mean, I, I would like to see a sequel to Lego City Undercover. Yes, we we know. They could do a lot with it, though. I do agree that, like, you know, they really laid the um the groundwork for that really well. Um, there were just a few technical things that really got me down. But um, regardless, the, lo- the loading what game. Just as like a random hypothetical, what franchise do you guys think could be Lego fied? Lego Metroid. They could do. I wonder, like, if they could do Lego Disney. Lego Disney Infinity. And, well, no, you have to build your you have to build your figures before you after you buy them as well. It's like IKEA but with Disney characters. <laughs> I really don't know. It's like there's... like I feel like there's great. That's what I'm saying. Well, maybe Hunger Games, like Lego Hunger Games or something. But um, oh, I was gonna say Lego, Lego Fire, Transformers. Lego Transformers. Oh yeah, that could work. But yeah, I mean, surprise! I, I feel like yet, the fact that we're having trouble thinking them up might be evidence that. Yeah, but bit... I mean, who would have thought that they would have done They've Lego done Indiana everything. Jones? Really, I mean, they sort of they can do. I, do you know why? I thought they would because that was a natural continuation from Star Wars. Like they're both Lucas Arts, and or maybe that's just my yeah. Brain. I, don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, Lego, Lego Hobbit is coming to Wii U and 3DS next year. Interestingly, I don't think it's coming to Wii. So. There's that. The Wii's basically dead now, isn't it? Surely they could port the Vita version to the Wii. Yeah, but who knows. Um, yeah, so that's coming out next year. So, that wraps up the news for this episode, which is quite short at the moment. Um, we'll be back after a short break, and we'll be back to talk about our two big games for the year. Um, Zelda, Link Between Worlds, and Super Mario 3D World. back so we had some um pretty intense debate during the break um about which game to start off with first so and we all decided zelda so we'll go straight into zelda for full thing for full disclosure i'm very close to the end but i haven't finished it just yet um i think 
Daniel or Flame, you've done like what yeah. two dungeons? You said. Yeah, I'm, I just passed the um, the windy the wind dungeon, the windmill. I don't think it, that really means anything because it's it's open. You can kind of go wherever you want. Yeah, I, I know. That, or, or I finished, you know, the first dungeon, which you sort of have to do first, and then I went to the windmill one because I'm like, oh, that's there. Yeah, Stephen, have you played any at all? I've watched it be played and listened to the music. That's very helpful. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, I guess. The biggest change, obviously, is probably the rental system. Um, I At first, I was like, Nintendo, what's the point of this? Why are you doing this? And then I was... Because you could just buy everything. Um, and then I kind of yeah. realised that, you know, it changes things up. Like, it changes it quite a bit. Like, it kind of opens the game up to let you do whatever you want. Which, I mean, I think is... Is good because I think I felt like we were kind of at this point where these games were, you know, it's been 20 years almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they have been following 25. more or less the same tried and true formula for that long. Skyward Sword tried to shake things up, but it did it in all the wrong ways, if you ask me. Mm. Um, what, 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 what wrong ways? Just too much backtracking? Like, and. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get into this too much because we're not talking about. It, but I just felt like that they they changed things for the sake of it without thinking of the implications. Like, I mean, there was a lot I of think... you know, it was there was less of a kind of a, a distinction between dungeon and not dungeon. Do you know what I mean? Like, they kind of felt like they merged a bit. Like, and I thought that was good, but then they also oh, thought. That, I never felt and... that with the dun- like the dungeons. I always felt were dungeons, but they were designed differently than dungeons in the past. Like the dungeons were a lot more open. Yeah, well, that, that's kind of what I meant. Like, you know, there was this is a distinction. But um, anyway, with this, I mean, I think the rental system kind of it gives back meaning to rupees, which I feel like for people like us who play the games with you know maybe a more advanced skill set. That do you guys find that at the end of each Zelda game you've got like shitloads of rupees? Yes. Like... So the uh, usually for me the only thing that limits how much rupees I have is a limited wallet, and from what I understand, that's not in Link Between Worlds anymore, you just have an unlimited wallet, is that right? Well, you've got, from the beginning, you've got you don't have to upgrade it, um, you've got more like, ah. room, I guess um, and that's, that's I think the rupees kind of lost their meaning throughout the, the games and I think that the rental system really gives the meaning back to the rupees and I think as well as that, because when, when you die and you've got rented stuff, you lose it. So it brings back some weight to death as well, rather than just, oh no, I have to start this room again. It actually means, crap, I've just gambled all of those rupees on renting all those items, and now I have to go and either get more rupees or spend the few that I have to get them again. Well, that's that's yeah. a true point as well. Like, there's this kind of, you've got to weigh up. I mean, I don't. I'm just, <laughs> I just buy everything and hope I don't die. Um, <laughs> but it really, it kind of does add tension, and I think... I was really trying to avoid not dying in this one more so than previous mm. games because you know I just came off playing seasons and ages like back to back and I died heaps but I I was also rushing it and um with Link Between Worlds because if I rush it I lose money and all my equipment um I feel like you know I shouldn't die but then mm. is it, d- d- doesn't it come up at a point though that you can permanently buy the items? Yes, it does. Um, sure. But it costs a lot. Somewhere. Um, but yeah, you can do that. The only thing is that I feel like with the rentals, the way that you die and stuff, it kind of also feels like a, not a waste of time, but this is where like I had this huge thing a few days ago where I was trying to work out if I really liked the game or not. 
and I thought, you know, the rental system is kind of annoying because, you know, you keep dying and it just feels like an unnecessary, like an unnecessary reason to have to go all the way back. But then I said what I said before to myself. I wasn't talking to myself, but I thought about it. <laughs> and, you know, I realised that kind of it does, it adds more tension. And I think that that's what Zelda games need is more difficulty and more tension to make the game more enjoyable. Because I do feel mm. like, you know, if you go back to the old games now, you can really, really breeze through them and play them really easily. Um, yeah. But you can't as much with this one. But I don't know. I haven't played it more than once. So, but... See, I mean, I mean I've... I mean, I'm, I'm a bit like... I mean, you, you played the Oracle games back-to-back over the last month. I've done, like, Oracle of Ages, Spirit Tracks, and Skyward Sword. So I've been playing a pretty big mix of Zelda games. And, I mean, I was, I was a bit worried about the rental system going in as well. And, and my point is, especially... I mean, I realise this playing Spirit Tracks is I like how each dungeon sort of builds on the other one. Because, like, you get a new item and then that gives you new ways to solve puzzles and then you've got to use old items in conjunction with the new item to solve puzzles and it just sort of kept I mean the dungeons have always been the highlight for any Zelda game for me just just love going in them and having this huge puzzle you sort of have to figure out and then ends in an awesome boss fight and I mean I was a bit worried going in especially when I was playing through the first dungeon in in A Link Between Worlds and I'm like yeah it just feels a bit the samey same on okay I'm not sure how I feel and then I got to the second one um, or the second one I did with the windmill and I had a new item to play around with there plus the um the wall mechanic which which does change your way of thinking a bit and I really like that yeah the wall thing um the like link turning into a wall painting just in case no one knows um I do agree but then I also like I think you know it doesn't like kind of change the way you think about moving through the world like you know you, I remember there was a time when I was stuck, I didn't know where to go, and then I thought, wait a second, I can turn into a freaking painting and, you know, travel across this gap through the wall, and, you know, it's... Yeah. And you I mean, that's forget. a great thing in most in most Zelda games, I find, is that there always is this bit, like, you just sort of, what the hell am I meant to do? What am I meant to do? And then you just think, you've got this item, and you go, I wonder if I can use it like this, and it's a way that you've never been shown before, but you sort of think, oh, if I do that, that'll make sense, and then it's that amazing, aha, I got it moment. Yeah, and then um the, and that's the other thing that I feel with this is there's a lot less hand holding. I mean, I don't know if you guys agree, if you agree, but do you like? I kind of feel like it just throws you in. It tells you a little bit about everything, and then that's it. Like it doesn't really tell you where to go next explicitly. Like you kind of have a lot of exploration to do, and that's yeah. the other thing I like about the rental system is that it kind of encourages you to you know buy everything, go and you don't have to buy everything, but you know go and explore the area. Um, and, you know, because there's so many extras hit in this, it's like, kind of like, they've got their own version of the gold skull tellers with the skull chillers, so. I think it sounds really, really cool that they're, as you say, it doesn't tell you what to do, it just says, here's the world, go explore it, and it's kind of reminds me of playing the original Zelda, that you would just go around and find a dungeon, it might not be the next one in the sequence, but it doesn't say, you're not allowed in here because you haven't finished the previous dungeon, it just says, go for it, and that it just seems so bizarre to have such a non-linear progression in yeah in a Zelda game considering the last like 15 years of them have been very you know go through the initial three dungeons then major story event then another seven dungeons and then Ganon and then yeah I mean very and as James said very handholdy like Skyward Sword and Twilight Princess it's a long time before they really let you get your 
teeth into the game. Oh yeah, I mean, it, was it was like two or three I mean, hours even, in Twilight Princess even, before you could even out, Ocarina you know, get of out Time there. sort of sort of had about like I don't know an hourish pre-game before you got to the first dungeon. Whereas this one, you're probably the first dungeon within the first twenty minutes or whatever. And I think that I mean they sort of because it is paying homage to like a link between uh, a link a link to the past. They can sort of do that because everyone's sort of very familiar like, like the game at its core level is a lot more basic than the 3d one so they don't need to do as much tutorial stuff well i think that's probably a good thing because it gets you know more directly to the mechanics rather than hey you have to learn how to work around this 3d world and you're just straight into you know, as you say 20 minutes in and you're working out dungeon puzzles yeah yeah um i agree do you know what really annoyed me as well? I remember they, they put out a story that was like, you're going to be in the first dungeon within 10 to 15 minutes, but then that dungeon itself takes about 5 to 10 minutes to complete. Like, Yeah, uh, it's a pretty easy dungeon. Yeah. Um, I Some of the dungeons did feel really short. I mean, I don't know if you, you've come across it yet, but I feel like, you know... And that's what I kind of... That's the other thing. I feel like because you don't have to go into a dungeon to find an item really anymore... It kind of takes away the the puzzly nature of it, but yeah, um... that that that's the other thing. I mean, I, I like I like that in the past. Like you'd you'd go, but as I said, with the solving the dungeon puzzles, like you would have this like the first half of it is just you're trying to find that item, and then you can see stuff and like oh, okay, I must need to get the item before I can do that. And then once you get the item, you're like okay, so I've got to go back here, and then I can do that, and then I can unlock that. Whereas now it's it's just a bit more straightforward. Yeah, and um. And it kind of makes it a little bit more linear, but it's and it's weird because it doesn't. At the same time, it doesn't like you know. I know Nintendo have said it before that they're kind of focusing on creating more open world kind of experiences for the player. Like they have more choice in where they go and stuff. And you can see that design philosophy ref- shining through here with the rental system. And as I said, you know the overworld can be explored. There's hardly any handholding. Doesn't tell you where to go. There's not even an annoying companion. Which I thought was really weird. I like I totally forgot that that was a thing. Yeah, I didn't but... even think about that. But wow, that's a good point. It hasn't been like that for years. Yeah, and that's really strange too. But um, I do feel, and then you know, the other thing is, I mean, I know it was never an issue for me because, as I said, you know, I scout every single bush, every single pot, and stuff for rupees and stuff. So I always had them. So I always bought everything before I went out on a you know adventure, or whatever. But people who aren't like that are going to. I can see them getting really frustrated with going to a dungeon, getting to a point where you need an item and you haven't rented it. So you've got to go back, do you know what I mean, to the yeah. uh, shop. That's which, a good point. Which is re- which will be really frustrating. But I do think that Nintendo anticipated that and that's why they put Irene in, the witch who can take you anywhere. Um, but it's still unnecessary kind of, you know, moving around, travelling for the sake of travelling. Like, it just doesn't feel... Because that, this is the thing, like, you know, I'm playing it, I mean, I, I think maybe it's just because I'm reviewing it, so I'm trying to think of it, you know, from anyone who's playing, but that's the things that I keep thinking about that make me think, you know, it's not as amazing as people, well, it is amazing, like, I love it, I think it's a really great way to shake up the formula, but I'm not convinced on it's going to be, you know, completely accessible to, like, everyone. I don't know. It's a like, very, yeah, it, it's a... It's an odd game to sort of... I mean, there's bits... I mean, I, I, it's weird. I, I like how it's an homage. It looks and feels a lot like A Link to the Past, but then I'm like, oh, but I also sort of like something really new and fresh again. And even though it's a gamble, I mean, people, there's a lot of people who didn't like Skyward Sword because it was different. But, I mean, I like how each Zelda game is basically its own thing. 
And I mean, even the two DS ones, while look very similar, they were both very different games. Just the way you travel around in them and and all of that. Whereas this one just feels. I do think. It, like, yeah. I mean, I think you're right. I think Nintendo as well. Uh, it's really interesting that you know. I feel like they're really experimenting with you know ways of transport, kind of. Like, the wall painting in this, and we'll get into it with Mario, but the cat suit kind of changes the way that you travel through game, the levels and stuff. Um, and, it's a, and it really gets me excited thinking, you know, what are they going to come up with the Wii U version? Because I do think... Like, I won't, I won't say this outright, but I do think that Nintendo... They weren't losing their touch, but I thought Skyward Sword was kind of like, you know, getting to the point where I was like, well, what are you guys doing now? You don't... They felt lost with what they were doing. I don't know... If you guys agree with me, but I feel like a lot I mean, of the I, fact I that really, I really enjoyed Skyward Sword in the end. I mean, I just because the whole focus of Skyward Sword was about combat, really, and and motion controls. So it was trying to build the rest of the game around it, and then the the rubbishy art, like lengthening of the game, like when you're trying to get the song parts. I love, um, like as I've said before, I love what that game added to the story and stuff. Like, yeah. and you, Stephen won't know because he hasn't finished it yet. But at the end, the way that it all ties together is just really, really good. But the game itself I just felt feel, really I like I, and I felt like they were just trying to please too many people. Like, you know, you had the wind, the cell shaded look of Wind Waker. You had the realistic look of Ocarina of Time or Twilight Princess. You had motion plus controls, which, you know, were kind of what we wanted from the Wii from day one. Um, that the, kind of combat. The item crafting stuff. Yeah, like, it was just a it's mix a of everything, and it didn't feel focused. And I feel like with this Zelda game, you know, they are taking risks, as we've said before, with the rental system, but at the same time, it feels focused. Like, they know what they're doing. They know exactly what how they want it to play out and stuff. And... Like, it's, it's just really good. And I love... And that's something else that we haven't really talked about, is the presentation of it all. It feels very Ocarina of Time, kind of. Like, you know, you've got your... You've got yeah. your scenes and all these secondary characters, what? and they're all interesting, and a lot of them appear from Ocarina of Time as well, but... Not just... Not, not, I mean, not just the cutscenes, just, just sort of the art style is... is I don't know, it... Because it sort of looks a bit like the Super NES game, like, with the environments, but then the character models remind me more of Ocarina of Time. Like, even, you know, like, in the very beginning, you meet Danpei, or Damp, Danpei, yeah. I think his name is. Um, and, you know, like, instantly recognisable for any Zelda fan. Um, stuff like that is just really, like, really nice touches. I love the villain, even though I thought it was a girl up until now. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was, like, reading I mean, the... I was reading... I, I don't skip through the dialogue, but I scan it really quick. Um, so I missed, uh. you know gender descriptors like he or she so I was just like oh yeah whatever and then at the end I was like I was quite tired one night and I was playing and I was like oh it's a guy <laughs> like I thought <laughs> I thought Yugi was a girl but um it is um it's just really well I just I really like the story and the story actually reminds me a little bit of Majora's Mask in that it's a little bit dark but not too dark um it doesn't quite go all the way down to you know the dark and twisted depths that Majora's Mask did um, but like the butler's, like the Deku butler's son, and it's like one. Yeah, like um, but it does. I mean, it still it you know plays around with the conventions a little bit. It's not too predictable, um, and that's and as I said, the villain's really good. I really like the villain, and I like that the, the villain is kind. Uh, to me, I don't know if you guys agree, but maybe this is just because I thought he was a girl this whole time. But I like you know a kind of subtle combination of like you know Ganondorf and. The twin rover, like when she's merged, like yeah, yeah, I could sort of see that, like with the magic and just sort of the, yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, I've got to see where the story goes, really. I'm really early on. So. Yeah. I, I don't want to say anything, because I don't want to ruin it for anyone, because it is a really fantastic game. Um, the one the one thing that really blew me away about it, and as I said, I've played very, very little and just sort of you know played around with it a tiny bit, but it is so smooth. I, I feel like oh, it yeah. is... like It seems like it's at a smoother than 60 frames a second frame rate. I, I know that it's impossible, but somehow I have not played a game that animates so smoothly before. Even in 3D, it's flawless. I've never seen a frame drop. It's just... I couldn't get over how pretty it looked. It's really bizarre that, you know, I remember when it was announced and I was like, oh, I was like, it looks kind of good, but not really. Like, I was so... Yeah, everyone I mean, was it, a bit it, down it on does, the art style. It, it, it does look ugly in, in screenshots and even YouTube videos, it looks ugly, but when you see it on the 3DS and actually play it, you're like, okay, this sort of works. Yeah, I've never no, seen does. something animate so well. And it's really unfor- mm. like I know, and this is the thing that really pisses me off. Like I know people who are like, I'm not playing it, looks fucking stupid. Like in terms of gra- they just look at the graphics and dismiss it completely and like it just really frustrates me because it's one of those games where like I think someone tweeted something and I agreed with it, but I can't remember what basically as soon as you play it, you know, all of the predisposition that you've got about it just melts off you. Like you just it, you just fall in love with it and it just looks so good. And sounds so good, like just hearing the music. Oh yeah, that was another thing that blew me away. I okay, really I'm, want to play I'm gonna it. Have, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a minor gri- gripe about the music, um, which is just probably the most pettier things. I don't. I mean, again, I've only done two dungeons so far, so I don't know if this happens. I don't like how all the dungeon themes seem to be the same so far. Mm. I, I like, you know, you go into each dungeon and it's got like, especially after just playing all like all three of these previous older games that I was playing and each dungeon's got its own unique feel and the music and the, the atmosphere whereas now again it's like the the classic um, A Link to the Past music and I mean it, it's stuff like that which is why maybe they which is why I get the feeling maybe they should have branched out a little bit more and just been a bit more adventurous for it to be its own thing but but other than that like, like the I mean it it's almost sounds like it's completely orchestrated like the overworld theme sounds so good and they do the um like they kind Dark of incorporate theme. the sound of the old music into the new music to make it familiar but at the same time yeah. it feels new like i feel like i mean this is mm. completely random but killer instinct did the same thing with the reboot it's just really really subtle to the point where you can if you're a fan and you've just played it or you know it's fresh in your mind you hear it straight away um, but mm. it does sound like a new piece of music that wasn't, you know, composed back in, you know, 1998, was it? Mm. Or, I can't remember when it was released. Uh, um, I mean, not, not even just the music, the sound effects sound really spot on, but modernised. Mm. Like, 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 you know, it's just a little thing, like when you're walking through the overworld and then one of the um, soldiers sees you and it makes that sound that they made back in the Super NES one. Yeah, like no, that. I it's know what you mean. Awesome. But um, actually, you just remind me of something completely random. It's not really related, but... I don't suppose you're up to low rule yet, are you? No. Okay, yeah. Um, I was just going to say, that's probably the, the major complaint I have, is that, you know, you kind of have that free kind of roam thing, but then that's kind of, um, what's the word, counteracted by the low rule stuff, where, you know, you, you turn into a wall painting, shift to a thing, you appear in low rule. But the problem is, the way that low rule is structured is kind of like um, that Terra... You know that place in the one of the Oracle games where it was all lava? Um, Vaguely. yes, yeah. Yeah, so, like, you could only yeah. access certain areas by going through certain holes or doorways or whatever in the main world, so there's, you still have to do a lot of travelling and try and remember which hole goes where, um, in, from high rule to low rule, if that makes sense. Um, but, so, that was kind of annoying, 
especially if you do a lot of backtracking and stuff. But besides that, that's pretty much my only main complaint. It's in Oracle Seasons, I think. Yeah, but um, I mean that's that's the the only major complaint I have about it. And I mean, I think that the rental system will be polarizing overall. But yeah, it it I, think I mean it's it's, it's it's a very good game. I think a lot of people will probably say it's better than the 3ds, uh, better than the DS Zelda games. I yeah you know, I, I don't know yet, but yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, well, I, I, as I said before, you know, I really, really want to see what they do with Zelda on Wii U now. I think it's going to be really mm. fantastic. Like, it's completely blown away my thing that I thought the Zelda team might have lost it. Um, but we'll see what happens, I guess, when when that gets announced or revealed. I, or... I am, one more, I'm sort of a bit slightly annoyed that they didn't, like, sneak in a Four Swords mode, like a proper true Four Swords mode, because I think with this art style they could have done like that really well I, just have, like, I thought they would have some kind of multiplayer functionality as well yeah just, I just an online podcast, but they didn't I guess so I mean maybe it was rushed or not rushed but you know maybe they thought you know in the big scheme of things do we need to waste time doing this or oh, yeah. add resources to it but yeah I guess they just decided against it mm. but yeah Zelda is anyway. good the review will be up hopefully by the time you hear this podcast so go check it out on the site if you can and We'll move on to the next game, which is Super Mario 3D World for Wii U. First major 3D Mario game for Wii U. I've, once again, full disclosure, I've only played about two to three hours, I'd say, of it. Um, I don't know where you guys are at. Yeah, about an hour or so. I've only just finished the first world. I guess the thing that jumped out at me most about this game, first and foremost, which is really superficial, is the visuals, like the presentation. Um, I was going to say exactly the same thing. Yeah, so like, good. it's just, like, even though, I mean, I know that there were rumours and stuff that it was a 3DS game originally, but I don't believe that. <laughs> Only because, you know, when you see all the stuff that they present to you in this game, it just feels like it's too big and too grandiose for a 3DS game. Like, it just feels, it feels like a home console Mario game. And I think that that was the biggest, um, what's the word, apprehension I had about this, was if it was just going to be, like, you know, another feel like a portable Mario. Yeah, exactly. And just, like, the colour, and it's just... It's really strange how... And it, um, it's just so good-looking. And I, mm. I'm interested to see... Because it feels like... It's got this kind of inviting kind of look to it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it looks colourful, and... There's nothing scary, nothing going to kill you. Yeah, and I just wonder... Will, like, yeah. I really wish that I could somehow do this, is, you know, if I got my friends in the room and started playing it, if they would want to pick it up and just start playing too, like, it just... And the fact that you can just turn on a controller and start playing at any point in time is very conducive to that. Yeah, and um, I think that if they would all... If I did sit down with some friends in that in my room and, you know, start playing it, that they would join in straight away, because, you know, it it is. It's just got this really inviting kind of visual look to it. And I've seen some of the later levels which I'm not up to yet, but they just look amazing. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen the footage, but that it's like a theme park kind of looking, or like Vegasy. No? Yeah, I think that's one of the ones I think I was just went through, which you've got this sort of... And it's almost like a puzzle level, because you've got to walk over the tiles in a certain order to open up the entry to the next area. Oh, they're fun in multiplayer when you're trying to coordinate between two or three people. Like, don't step on that one, step on this one. It's it's a nightmare, but also the most fun nightmare. I've never seen something like that in a Mario game before. It's, it's sort of like a, a puzzle you need to solve to get to the next room. Very, mm. you know, Zelda-ish. And that's what I feel like with, with the game itself. The content, like the levels, they feel a lot less linear. 
Um, I thought Galaxy was really linear in comparison to this, and I which mean, is I... funny because because this has like a like a goalpost at the end, whereas Galaxy it's sort of like just figure out what to do. Yeah, um, I mean, I think that I will be crucified for this, but I think that this game is better than Galaxy. Um, uh oh, <laughs> I I really do like um. You know, you can explore the levels and discover stuff that will help yourself through the levels, but it's not 100% unnecessary, and I really like that kind of exploration kind of aspect to it. And, I, you know, Galaxy had that, but, I mean, I don't know how to put it into words, but I think that maybe maybe it's just because I thought the Galaxy was really hampered down by that whole entire, you know, orb or sphere level design. I just mm-hmm. thought that, that maybe that really constricted them, and with this, they don't have to conform to that because it's not Galaxy. You can just see so many places where they've hidden stuff and some some developers just sitting there like, hey, they'll never find this. Ever since the... Um, remember Mario Sunshine with those special levels everyone talks about? Mm, um, and ever challenge since, levels. Yeah, ever since... Then, I mean, like, Sunshine, they tried to go, well, you know, this is a 3D platformer, so it's got to be like a proper world sort of thing with, you know, like, boundaries and, and places to work. And then... When they did those levels, and those are the ones that got a really positive reception, I think they went back and go, you know, Mario games can be this really abstract sort of thing, and then it yeah. works. And then, I mean, that they played around with that in the Mario Galaxy games, but then with the 3D series, they've gone, well, what if we just, you know... The entire did... game is almost those yeah. type of levels. And we can do whatever we want without having to work within anything. And that, I mean, Mario's the main what makes the game shine is just the um, just the platforming and the way they do it all and if you take boundaries out of it like um, you know working to a feet like a sphere or whatever you can do whatever you want and make really challenging interesting stages what I was going to talk about is the I feel like this is the first Mario that kind of incorporates a degree of like vertical verticality I guess to the level design because of the cat power up like you know you run up, you can, there's, and a lot of the ex- things you find when you're exploring are more built around, you know, climbing a wall and stuff. And that completely opens up the level design to new things. Like, you didn't really have that in Galaxy. You didn't really have that in... And I like how, similar to that, it kind of rewards you for holding on to that cat power-up because there'll be things you can get later in the level that are near impossible to get without it. And it just adds another layer of, oh, if you don't have it, I'll come back to that level later try my hardest to keep the cat suit or <laughs> yeah and then you'll be able to go get it or if you're playing in multiplayer you can be crafty and jump in each other's heads and go up and get it just you feel like you're breaking the game yeah, and if you're doing that the, but it's I mean, so that, that fun comes as well. back to what I was saying before is like you know it's more open and there's more opportunity to use everything that the game gives you to get where you need to go like um and this is something else I think that this mm. game does better than Galaxy as well which is the power ups I think you know like the boomerang the katsu, obviously, the cherries, like they, they, there's so many of them, and they getting them it really affects how you approach your levels. So oh, yeah. definitely, when you've got you know got that cherry, you're trying your hardest to keep your duplicate doppelganger and, man. Yeah, and it's, it changes the entire way and you, you go play. To a level again with a different power up, you'll play that level differently. I mean, I don't. I'll be honest, I won't be one of those people who will probably do that. But you know, it just kind of makes it that each game. Like, each person who plays the game will have a kind of different experience, and I think that's, once again, something that does better than Mm. Galaxy. I feel like Galaxy was just really linear in its design, and 
You know, back when I played Galaxy and Galaxy 2, I was like, these are amazing, they'll never top this, but... Like, honestly, I feel like they have with this game. <laughs> I think with your, you know, the fact that you can come back and play the levels in an entirely different way, it kind of reminds me of a lot of the earlier Mario games where you would go back and replay them endlessly and they would still feel fresh, you know, for a long time. And I feel like this will stand the test of time a little bit more than Galaxy, where Galaxy are going to, you know, you're doing very, very similar things each time you play a level, but this way you're going to be... You know, got a different power mm, up. You'd be able to go sure. a completely but, different way. Um, there is yeah. two things I don't like about this game. The thing that I don't like about 3D World at all is the timer. I think that it's really, really, really uh, pointless. Um, I know that you know it gives you like as I was saying before, this game. I feel like the levels are designed with a more open world kind of approach, which is good. Um, but the timer just gives you unnecessary pressure. Like, I understand what they're trying to go for, like, to make this fast, frenetic kind of, you know, all-over-the-place gameplay, especially if you're playing with friends. But I feel like with a game yeah. that has so much stuff to find, it's... A timer is kind of antithetical, if that's even a word. Yeah, to, like, the level design. Mm. And I I mean, maybe they I remember, you know, with when they announced Luigi U, they said that the shorter timer should make you want to play the levels more to explore everything. But to me, that's a really shit way to make your game longer, like, mm. to get replay value out of your game. Like It just adds extra stress as well. Yeah, like, it's li- it's like kind of like the equivalent of double handling something. Like, it's unnecessary, and if you can get it all done in one go, why wouldn't you want to? Yeah, um, I definitely agree with you on that for, I guess, the regular levels, but the there's the levels where it's got that really short timer where it gives you 100 seconds and you... I really, really love those levels because you just have to rush through it, oh, and no, yeah. like, you're constantly looking for those time increases. And those levels are fantastic. But uh, yeah, definitely yeah, agree with you sure, for the regular right? I mean, ones. Use the timer where it kind of makes sense, mm, obviously. Yeah. But I mean, I think that in in those the other levels where like there's a, what's it called the savannah level? I can't remember exactly what it's called. That's just one where there's so much exploration and it's just ruined by the timer. I do think, like, I mean, there is a checkpoint system, and it is, which I thought was really weird, because maybe my, the other Mario games did have a checkpoint system, but I can't remember. Yeah, they all have had those Bowser flags. Yeah, okay, but, and that that kind of mitigates the problem of dying with the timer, but, like... But it also know, it makes the timer seem not necessary, pointless. yeah, like it's just there out exactly. of, so, of tradition more than anything else. Exactly. So that's like what I'm saying is like, you know, and that's kind of comes back to what we were talking about earlier where they kind of said, you know, Mario 3D World was a result of throwing a lot of ideas at, at, you know, and seeing what stuck. And I think someone threw the timer in here and they didn't think about it. They just chucked it in. And as you were saying, checkpoints really make it seem completely pointless. And Mm. that just makes me wonder why did they do it? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Even lives Um, seem fairly pointless. Like, there's such a holdover from arcade game design where... Like, you just get a game over and you go back to the last checkpoint as exactly the same as you would have when you, you know, just die regularly. I mean, then there's the alternative. A lot of complaints I've heard of Terraways because it doesn't have lives and when you die, you just sort of return to where you just were. So it, it ruins um, a lot of the... Uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? The tension. So, oh yeah, I can die, it won't matter. Yeah. Whereas with lives, you know, oh, if I die, you know... But without lives, yeah, then you're more more enticed to experiment and you know oh there might be a block down there i can land on but there's not that it didn't really matter if i died so i can just I keep think going mario's problem is that they give you too many lives especially like, like new super mario brothers 2 i didn't give a crap about dying in that because i had like you know 
million of them anyway because of all the yeah. coins I was getting. But that's another um, example of, you know, how they kind of put in elements of this game where they don't really think about how it impacts on everything else. Like, in, in yeah. a game where you're largely focused on collecting million, like literally millions of coins, um, having 100 as your life cutoff or whatever doesn't make sense in that context. Um, it's just there because that's, that's how you get lives in all video games, but it... And that's what I'm saying, yeah. like, the checkpoint system is for the timer, or vice versa in 3D World. Um, the only other issue I had, which kind of has... Dis- will prob- I've heard will disappear later on anyway, is I feel like the opening levels are way too easy. Um, but a lot of people have said to me that it gets much harder in later levels, especially post-game content, of which apparently there's heaps, but I'm... I haven't read up on too much of it, so I'm not sure. I'd be surprised if it's not like 3D land and you just basically unlock an entire extra game afterwards. I don't know, but that would be my guess. I mean, so far, it looks like... I mean, I'm extrapolating quite a bit, but it looks like it'll be at least 10 to 15 hours of gameplay for the main game. I'm not sure what the actual reports are of people who have played it. I think Vuk said Um, about that when he was doing the live stream. He said about 13 to 15 hours. Yeah, and then you've I mean, got I mean, how how game. long to beat? How long to beat has it like listed down at about twelve hours? Yeah, the main question um, in everything. And I mean, is that more or less than other games? I can't. I mean, I don't pay attention to it. Yeah, when I'm my... playing Mario games, I just play them. I'm not even caring yeah. about how much time yeah, I play. Yeah, neither. So I mean, I as long as you know, I mean, it, as I said, it's keeping me occupied. I mean, I've, as I was telling you guys earlier, I've got so many games on the go at the moment. Yeah. So, <laughs> it is keeping I me mean, occupied. I, I, the... I don't look at a Mario game for, like, length. I just look at something just... just... I mean, I find Mario games are a good sort of palate cleanser to play other games. Yeah, I know what you mean. For sure. I mean, they're, um, they're amazing games in their own right, but it's, you know, if you're playing, like, a big epic RPG and then you just want to play something that's really short and sweet but mind-blowing, that's a, that's, that's a Mario game. Well, I think... The fact that it's so very much focused around the mechanics, whereas if you're playing like a big RPG, there's so much other stuff in there, and Mario's just straight up, here's you, here's a level, go for it. It's just so pure in that way. Yeah, for sure. Can we talk um, about how amazing the music is? It's pretty good. Yeah, um, something oh. I wasn't expecting at all. Um, mainly because, kind of, I mean, once again, this is just my brain being weird, maybe. <laughs> but... I feel like I, when I first announced this game, I thought, you know, they won't have orchestral soundtrack because it's more of a, you know, not like Galaxy where it's kind of got this... Big of, epic scale. Yeah, kind of scale to it, yeah. Um, but it works really well here too. And I'm really glad I did it. Well, I love the jazziness. podcast, adding yeah. an orchestra kind of gives it that, that feel of a full-on game. And I mean, I, I don't know if you've listened to the Mario Big Band soundtrack they released a few years back, but that is just sort of big band jazz music. And... I mean, it suits this game well. Like, as you said, the orchestral stuff works for Galaxy because it's this epic thing, whereas new, um, Mario 3D World is sort of a mix between Galaxy and the old school style. So it's sort of... I mean, I think jazz is about the closest you can get to sort of normal sounding music, but having that 8-bit um, I do, chirpy feel. I do feel like this jazz music seems like if they had the... I guess the capacity or the ability to put music that was better than 8-bit tunes back when they were making the earlier Mario games, this seems like what they would have done. Yeah. Yeah. It just works perfectly. Mm, I love it. It's like, why haven't you done this before? Especially, like, you've got the trumpets coming in. and mm. all that. Just, There's yeah. not even a... Bah, bah. Oh, thank God for that. <laughs> oh, man. I'm so happy about that, too. Oh, the worst. It was a cool mechanic once. 
yeah. I mean, I remember the, the first, first time game. I played the Wii. I think it was the Wii one that first did it, maybe. And I was like, oh, how funny. They dance to the music. And yeah. then afterwards, I was like, where's my old music? <laughs> like, I was just, yeah, really disappointed. Um, but yeah, I mean, have you, have any of you guys played multiplayer yet? I mean, yeah, I, I, I played with, um, with three people and it was, it's, uh, it's sort of, I feel like I'm going to go back through and play single player so I can get all the collectibles that I missed during multiplayer, but it, it's super good fun. So, so much better than new Super Mario Brothers because you're not getting in each other's way. It seems so much better designed for multiplayer and there's a lot of the levels which, are easier in multiplayer as well, and I'm I'm pretty sure that's a definite decision that they've made. Uh, there's ones where you know connecting, uh, sorry, collecting eight red coins, and when you've got three people, that is so much easier. Or like the pads at the end of some levels where you have to stand four players on it. And if you're playing single player, you'd have to carefully get every cherry power up and not lose a single one. But if you're in multiplayer, it's way easier. It's just yeah, I really it's really good fun in multiplayer. It seems almost designed around that. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I'm, and I, you know, it works single and multiplayer though, which I think is really important. I kind of felt like I mm. think the Wii U one, well, no, I don't know if this is true or not, but I kind of felt like that was more geared towards multiplayer. But I could be wrong. I mean, I felt like a lot of like the power ups and stuff were much easier to get if you were with someone else who could like lift you up or, yeah. you, or you could jump off them and stuff. But uh, I f- from this, I feel which, like it works both ways. I feel like um, it, it which, works which, pretty well that the single player is more challenging because if you're a person playing Mario by yourself, you probably want to have a challenge. But if you're playing with other people, it's suddenly it's still challenging, but it's also super fun. You know, it's more focused on fun than challenge, which is kind of what you want in multiplayer Mario. Yeah. Which um character do you find yourself using? Um... I went straight for Luigi, for it is the year of Luigi. Okay. Um, mainly Mario, because it, it's a Mario game. <laughs> I do love how if you choose Peach and she has the cat suit, she can still float in the air. She just, like, flails her paws around and it's amazing. Yeah, Peach is good. Um, Peach is the... I remember when I was young, um, and, you know, we played Mario 2, like, my, my parents or my sister whatever, would always let me pick Peach because I wasn't very good at the time. <laughs> um... And I, I like that that has carried over. Like, you know, Peach is really easy to use because she can float mm. for people who aren't that good. And I really like the fact that that, is, that still exists. And, you know, because my sister's visiting at the moment and, you know, she picked it up and played with me very briefly. And she picked Peach straight away because she knew that Peach could float and was easy to play and she, that she can't really play games that well. So I think, I mean, I don't know if everyone will be the same, but, you know, she's still got that memory from two that still kind of carries over mm. and I feel like that's really cool because you know it's been years and she can and you know for someone who doesn't play games at all like my sister she can pick it up and play it without and pick Peach and knowing that she floats so it kind of stays consistent with other Mario games too yeah I've been using Toad just because he's always been my go-to sort he, of I mean I, I play him all the time in Mario yeah yeah and I mean I, I used him all the time in Mario Brothers 2 and Mario Kart yeah me too so. Toad was mine <laughs> as well when, when he I'm dies his scream Toad, is so glorious Speaking of Toad, is it Adventure Toad or Adventurer Toad or whatever? What? You got these little mini stages where you control this sort of other Toad. I haven't played any of those because I was playing multiplayer and it comes up with a message saying this is a single player level, so I haven't touched those yet. Have you guys looked at the Miiverse? Is that like the online functionality at all? Because I haven't actually looked at that. There is actually, um, when you get to the second world, it asks you, would you like to turn on 
I can't remember what they called it, but basically all of your friends who have played, they will it'll save their ghosts through levels and their me's will just appear in the levels just going around. That's pretty cool. It is. Like suddenly Vuk just hanging out in my level. Kind of like Wind Waker, you know how you'd see messages wash up on your shore and even though no one's actually in your game, it felt like people were. Yeah. It's that's a common theme with Nintendo, like just feeling connected without having to actually be you know, physically sitting down and playing at the same time as someone else. So I think that we've exhausted as much of the Super Mario 3D World um, discussion that we can. Um, there is, you know, as with Zelda, there is a, there will be a review up on the site by the time you hear this. I think there is one. There. Oh, it's already up. Um, yeah, plus the live stream of the game, the first few levels, I believe, from the game. So um, be sure to check it out if you're interested. Um, both the games we talked about today, we both, we all really recommend. So... I would definitely try and grab both of them or put them on your Christmas lists or something. See how, how topical <laughs> like that. So relevant. <laughs> but um, yeah, we're, we'll go to a quick break and we'll be back just to finish up the podcast. back on the site we've had a lot of reviews actually since the last episode um the in order from least recent to most recent i guess um we've had lego marvel superheroes for wii u layton professor layton and the azran legacy for 3ds um i really wish that i talked played that more because i really want to give it more praise than i did the last podcast but oh well call of duty ghosts on wii u has gone up super mario 3d world is up and by the time you listen to this podcast zelda link between worlds will be up too um, on the horizon, um, Lego Marvel Superheroes is coming for 3DS and Harvest Moon, New Beginning, did you say? Yeah, Harvest even? Moon, A New Beginning. Yeah, it will. Or there will also be a review up for that, um, written by Stephen, so expect good things yeah. from us. Thank you. <laughs> no, that was, I don't know if that was a compliment or not, but... I'm going to take um, it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on top of that, Vuk also wrote a Wii U re-review, um, which... That's so hard to say. Say that five times fast. Wii U re-review. It's basically, it goes over the console, you know, since it's kind of, it's, I think it's a cool idea, especially now that, you know, the new generation of consoles are out as well. So you can kind of compare the Wii U to the other consoles right now in terms of functionality and games and stuff like that. Um, I think that it's doing much better than it was when it launched. I'm sure we all agree on that. Game-wise, um, definitely. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, even in hindsight, the launch... If you're interested. Sorry, just, just even in hindsight, the launch wasn't that bad compared to... Game had launches. better games than Knack and Killzone. Well, I mean, and that's the thing, like, I mean, I was saying this before to Steven, you know, with the Wii U, you know, I just chucked a disc in and played it after updating. It was really easy. It worked. It's mm. definitely not the same with the, either of the new consoles, and I've bought both, so... But yeah, Nintendo should sell things by not having to install games on their system. <laughs> um, so, as usual, like us on Facebook, um, follow us on Twitter, and le- and more importantly, please leave a review on iTunes if you're listening to this through iTunes. Even if you're not, go and leave a review anyway, so we've got like feedback, because we always want to know how we can improve. Um, 
on top of that, you can join our forum if you wish, because there's still quite a few people posting there about you know the, all the games and stuff so that are coming out, especially the ones that we talked about today. Um, so join the community if you can. Um, all the links are on the site's front page, which is www.books.net. It's like books, but with a V. I should just record that. <laughs> um, and yeah, um, that's it for another fortnight. Um, I guess we'll see you in two more weeks. I don't know what we'll be talking about then. It will be... Video games. Um, um, we're, we're not 100% sure what we'll be doing next episode. We might be talking about games, but we might also be doing you know, an end-of-year special, but we will see. Um, so we will let you all know. Please stay tuned. Um, yes, yeah, watch this space or listen to this space, I guess. <laughs> How do you listen to space? Uh, in space, I, no I one know. can hear you scream. Well, all of these references in one <laughs> segment. Um, but anyway, yeah, um, we will see you all in another fortnight's time and keep safe, I guess. You're so thoughtful. See ya. Bye. See ya.